everybody. This is Phil Town. And this is Danielle Town. And we are here for the Invested Podcast. We have been parsing Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger for years here. We're continuing that process. Indeed. Um, diving in a bit to our, to my my team's um, way of deciding what what companies to focus on. And in particular, you know, where to spend our time understanding the weather that these companies are floating around in. It's quite a quite a good metaphor now that we've gotten into it a bit. It's, yeah, I'm super um, into it. Yeah, last time we sort of talked about how um, there's a matrix, and um, that helps us figure out where to where to put our time here. Um, and the matrix is on sort of the top part of the matrix. The question of you know how close is the price to the value? If the price is very low to the value, then that's a really, that gets a high score, high, high value divided by price and low value divided by price gets, is a low. And then on the left side of the matrix is the level of understanding and a high level of understanding, um, and a low level of understanding are the two, the two boxes there. So we end up with four boxes, really basically the stocks on sale and we have a high understanding of it is what we would consider a four-star box. That's the upper left Well, side. I liked when you called it sweet spot. Oh, the sweet spot. It's our sweet spot. And then below that is a really high value to price proposition. The thing looks like it's really on sale, but we have a low level of understanding of it. And in that case, I've kind of denoted it's a three-star in terms of our attention um, because we might have to put a lot of time into this. But if we do... This could be well worth it. This could be on sale and we could be buying a super great deal. So mine um, says up- lots of time, but maybe worth time. it. And I have a right circle on. around it because it's extra special. Right on. And I guess I guess to, to go back to the weather patterns, in the sweet spot, the weather's pretty well known. We, we know the weather there. So if something's going on, there's a storm going on, we understand pretty good if that's going to be a really long-term storm short-term storm mm-hmm. you know okay. what how dangerous a storm is it we we got the weather pretty good there if we go okay. to a lower understanding then we really don't the weather here is unknown to us at the very lowest level of understanding it's like not even is this company hard to understand it's we don't know anything about the weather it's in which means we don't know why it looks like it's on sale Yeah. And as we talked about, isn't that the point? Like, isn't that the stuff that where we we all like as individual investors sit there going like, well, do I keep going with this and put more time into it or because it's going to be a lot of time or do I move on? And as you astutely said, lots of time, but maybe worth it. So I think the obvious next question is, how do you know if it's worth it? So let me give you an example of something that I didn't know anything about. So very low level of understanding. But when I saw Warren Buffett buying it and did an analysis very roughly on what I, you know, just using what the computer would generate in terms of, of, uh, of whether it was on sale or not or evaluation, Mm -hmm. I thought, holy smokes, Burlington, Northern Santa Fe looks like it's really on sale number one so it would fit into the high value divided by price category 
And second, the weather, what put it on sale, I know nothing about. I don't know anything about railroads. This is a great example because I remember you telling me about it. Um, yeah, this is a great example. Yeah, so what, what goes into the decision to, to move forward here? Well, clearly part of the weather going on here is Warren Buffett's buying it. That, yeah. that has a major influence on me in terms of the weather. This is something that is having a problem for one reason or another. If, if Buffett's uh, correct in this, it's got a problem for one reason or another that's relatively short term. It's going to be a three year or less problem. It's something that's going to go away. The underlying moat of this company isn't being affected by this at all. Or and, that's, uh, that's what Buffett thinks. That doesn't. No, this is what Buffett's thinking. I'm thinking. Yeah. I'm thinking this is what Buffett's thinking. Exactly. Or exactly. Or wouldn't be buying it. But Buffett makes mistakes, as we've talked about many times. So sure. you We're still have human. to know your own stuff. Yeah. If you, if you don't believe that, go, go read his annual letter where he talks about precision, precision cast parts and what a mistake that was. Yeah. <laughs> really. Or brown shoes. Another one where he just. Or Berkshire disaster. Hathaway. Or Berkshire Hathaway <laughs> itself. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, okay, we've got some weather out here that is interesting, but we know nothing about why he's buying it. Why is everybody else selling it? Why do they hate it? What's going on out there? But, but I look at this company and I go, and this is why the, the, this, this matrix isn't structured of how hard it is to understand or how easy it's just my level of understanding is high or low hmm. because I look at the railroad thing and I go, hmm, how hard could that be? I mean, these guys have trains, they move them on tracks. It's like, I can probably figure this out. Not only that, but my, my uncle and my grandfather, your great grandfather worked on the railroad and I've always been like, hmm, the railroad is sort of a family thing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's kind of like that. There's a connection of some way that I actually would like to learn about railroads. I think that's the essence of it. Do you remember when you first got started in investing and you decided you think you would like to learn about Whole Foods? It's like, hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, this went a different way than I thought. So I thought you were going to talk about like, whether or not it was relatively quick to understand or not, but you're talking about level of interest and fun and intriguingness, Indeed. which to because me is what investing practice is a hundred percent about like 100%. loving the stuff that you get to read about. We could almost call this, I don't know if this is the right word, but something like this, we could call this box intrigued. Yeah, we could, but there are surely things, companies that are less intriguing, like railroads for me, honestly, are not that intriguing, <laughs> but okay, fair enough. Buffett buying it is intriguing. I'm sure that I could learn the railroad business why not learn about railroads, right? Like it's not a natural interest of mine, but maybe it would be cool. It moves a huge amount of uh, goods and services across the U.S. and other countries every single day. It's probably something great to learn about. So that's kind of that point of like, I could do this or I could not. 
And I think that's just a judgment call. Like, how much interest is there? Does Buffett buying something make me want to go learn about uh, a completely new industry that may or may not be interesting? Now, I want to point something out. My, let's, let's call that I'm intrigued. Mm-hmm. I'm intrigued because Buffett's in it. I'm intrigued because my grandfather worked there. I'm intrigued because it looks like it's something not that hard to understand. Mm-hmm. I'm intrigued because this thing is on sale maybe, right? Mm-hmm. So I've got a lot of reasons to be intrigued here. But notice, I really don't know if this is hard or not. I'm, I'm yes. Ma- the, my, my subjective judgment that this is going to be pretty, something I can understand is really subjective at this stage. And I have discovered that things that look simple often are not. Mm-hmm. And sometimes things that look hard are simple. Mm-hmm. Right? And so I'm not making a judgment here at this point about whether this is hard or easy. And I think that's important to note. We can postpone that. Well, there is a little bit, right? There's the part where you go like, I think I could learn this. Sure. Sure. There like, is that. But that's a, that's a small dibble. Uh, that's a small, if we were to say what percentage that is, I would say under 10%. Way That under you would 10%. not learn? That I would say that this looks like it's pretty easy to learn would be less than 10% of my intrigueness. Oh, I see. Here. I see. Because I've learned that I don't have really great judgment at this point about whether that's going to be easy or hard. Mm-hmm. So just the notion that it might be adds a little weight. But if it was, oh, it looks like it could be hard, but it's really on sale. I can tell you what actually happens in the real world here is that one of the other part of my team might look at this and go, no, no, I got this. Mm-hmm. Or this, might, this is easier than you think. Or it's worth it to dig in here or something nudges it along. I mean, that's a great point. So to extrapolate that into the real world for people who don't have a team and are like, you know, a mom doing this in the evenings, um, you could talk to friends and say like, what do you, what do you know about this? Like, is this really hard? Like maybe we don't have friends in every industry, but like we have friends in a lot of industries. If you think about who, you know, you probably know somebody who is somewhat six degrees of separation away from whatever it is that you're thinking about and just that's get a, a sense. That's a great idea. And you could also go to your mentor list. Ah. You know what your mentor list is? It's the library. Oh, I thought you were going to say, see if any gurus are buying it. Totally different. Well, I'm looking at the library. Like one of the great things I learned from, um, uh, from the guy who wrote the innovation stack, mm-hmm. McElvey, mm-hmm. you know, he started Square or block mm-hmm. was that the your mentors don't have to even be people who are alive that's they can just be point. people who wrote deeply about a particular subject so one of my mentors for banking was the guy that started um bank of america back in uh, san francisco I forgot that part of that book, but you're right, right. that was such a cool part where he wrote about ago. several different mentors who had all passed long before yeah, and he had just read gone. their writings yeah so shoot i i could go to um a book on railroads by whoever has written the book on railroads and which takes some I've time right so that's time sure. taken away from some other company and that is still 
a decision. But I think that's where your uh, your qualification of intrigue comes in. Am I even intrigued enough to talk to somebody about this or even like look and see if there are books about it and how interesting they look when I read the description? Just even well, that level usually, of 20 minutes. I'll actually usually even take a preliminary step before I pull down a book is I'll go over to Seeking Alpha, hmm. which I think is such a resource. Hmm. I think they're starting to charge for it now, but it used to be free. Um, they, they've been charging for a while, but there was still a lot of free stuff. I haven't looked at it in a while, but there was. Gosh sakes. Yeah. I mean, you've got all this writing mm -hmm. or just Google, you know, get to Wikipedia, railroads, wiki, or yeah. Burlington Northern Santa Fe wiki page. And, um, and just a, a short amount of reading will help you either add to the intrigue or take it away. Yeah, and, right. and so you just start there. <laughs> you start reading and you just go, Well, oh, so tell no. the rest of the story about what you did with Burlington Northern. Oh, well, I, <laughs> I, I, have, I have some money. So instead of going to the library and getting a bunch of books, I went to Amazon and bought, I think, 33 books and had them sent here. And, they, and I just stacked them up and just started going through them. That was in now, Jackson, right? Yeah, that was. I think in I remember you sitting in the living room and just reading, just like book cranking, after book, cranking railroads, <laughs> modal cranking railroads, <laughs> and within a short period of time, I think mean, book three or four is started to become very repetitive. Hmm. Right now, hmm. I read fast, and so do you. You read fast, mm -hmm. and that's a real skill that takes practice. Um, if you if you'd like to be able to just zing through a lot of information and have sort of the key pieces pop out at you, um, you can learn that. It's a skill set. So go look at speed reading online and see if somebody's got a course or something. But um, I can read a lot of pages. I can I can read a 250 page book in a in a three or four hour flight, you know, cross country flight and I'll have mm -hmm. it done. In fact I just read Dave Grohl's book. That was pretty good on a flight. From, I just uh, saw Atlanta that to... sitting in the kitchen, and um, I was like, "Oh, I didn't even know he wrote a book." He's it's a fascinating a guy. I bet it's a good it's, book. He's a really good writer. He gets his voice in there very nicely. Cool. And it's fascinating what what his life has been. So, yeah, you know, so Nirvana, Foo Fighters. I mean, yeah. unbelievable! What a talent and what a life. Yeah, he's the so, Julia uh, Louis Dreyfus anyway, of. Nirvana, basically. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And it's it's like that book is a it's a three hour book for a speed reader. Mm. And you, you you can get all of it. So point being, with very few hours, you, you know, looking at Wiki, looking at Seeking Alpha, grabbing a book on this, reading a ten K, um, you can get a very good idea if this is gonna be something that remains intriguing or yeah. it doesn't. This would be a great time for me to pop in with ideas of how to get info without reading because I can't read much right now. But yeah, fair unfortunately, enough. I don't have good tips about that because I haven't found a good way. I know there's a lot of audio options and there's a lot of way there are apps that will read uh, web pages to you. There's apps that will read books to you. Even if, they, if, even if they're not on audiobook, you can have them read um, and 
a lot of those apps will do like 1.5 speed or 2x speed. As I know, many people listen to our podcast on 1.5 speed, which good job, everybody. Get through it faster. <laughs> we, um, we, we and that helps. Along. Yeah, I haven't yeah. been able to do investing research for such a long time because I can't concentrate without getting brain fog. But um, I'm getting a little bit better and hopefully I'll be able to have better tips on that stuff for people as I well, you have a, move you have forward. You have a really good partner. You have a great partner to work with. You. Me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I'm your well, daddy. That's I'm how I'm daddy. able I'm to keep right going with this because you're teaching me uh, in short bursts every week and I can do it. I love it. It's great. I think you're handling this challenge so wonderfully. I, I am reminded the way you're handling this of this this great seal, you know, this, this great warrior who um, would teach his SEAL teammates an attitude. And his attitude would be that he would sh tell, share with them that you, you come to me and you say, because he was like a team leader, come to me and say, boss, this is happening, this is happening, that, mm -hmm. are, that are bad, right? The mm -hmm. implication is it's bad. Mm -hmm. And his answer is good. Good. Now we can fill in the blank. Yeah. Good. Now we can do this. Yeah. So right on with the long COVID. Good. So now we can get to work together like this, which is great. Yeah, that's right. I'm trying not to move into toxic positivity around that stuff, but I also <laughs> genuinely. Toxic, posit toxic positivity is a thing, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. I really can't stand it. Yes. It's, it's a thing. It's a I thing that makes you feel before, like you're not good enough. But I always enough. forget the name of this book by uh, this Freudian psychologist who was put into Birkenwald or Auschwitz or someplace and survived oh, yeah. it. I think he called the meaning of it's uh, Victor Frankl. Let man search, man search for meaning. Man search for meaning. Victor Frankl. It was a book about, in part, posit toxic positivity. Mm -hmm. It just killed people left and right. Mm -hmm. uh, right. I so, really anyway, find yeah, that. Stoic, like people kind of laugh when I say this because it sounds negative, but I really find that stoicism is winning as far as mental models uh, because it acknowledges reality while at the same time asking, how do you move forward? How can you make things better? So it's not a constant, this isn't happening. Everything's not as bad as you think it is. Like everything is as bad as you think it is, let's say. Maybe it's worse than you think it is. But you still have to like get up in the morning and move forward the next yeah. day. So it's the the balance of like, here's what it is and what can I do to make things a little bit better? Learn more, move forward. I, I have found that to be extremely useful in real life. And not toxic. Man, that is a life lesson. I think you should share. Um, I think that's. Yeah, I think you should share that. I think you've got, you got the credentials, to share. That. <laughs> <laughs> the world's worst degree. You got um, the T-shirt. Yeah, exactly. You got the T-shirt. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I've been thinking about it. Maybe maybe I'll get some stuff out there when I can write and read again i mean you're in good company with some, you're good you're in good company with some people i really admire i think tim ferris is 
way down the road in terms of stoicism. And I think uh, Joe Stoicism's Rogan's gotten really popular. That. It's funny. Yeah. yeah. I it's see almost it. like I a backlash a to the Instagram, you know, your life is amazing, don't complain kind of thing. Right? Yeah. 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 Very, um, very cool. So toxic positivity, yeah. just for anybody who's like, what the heck is that? My favorite example is like there's a uh, like a meme that goes around on Instagram or at least used to that says something like you have the same number of hours in the day as the president. And you're supposed to take from that like, yeah, if the president can do all these things, then I can do all these things. But the reality is you just end up feeling bad about yourself because you're not accomplishing as much as insert person who is important and doing lots of things and the truth is that you don't have as many hours in the day as those people because they invent hours by hiring other people to do things for them so they have somebody cleaning their house and doing their laundry and picking up their kids and making their breakfast lunch and dinner and doing their bed and basically everything except for emotional stuff you can hire somebody to do and they do and they hire people to be assistants to those people because they need help. And that's how you buy more hours in the day. So it's toxic because it's a lie and it just makes us feel bad about ourselves. And I, I think one of the one of the really great notions of stoicism is that um, is that your values are not what you say they are. They're what you do. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is something I've been teaching for many, many, many years. And I just really believe that that's true. Um, because if you look at what, as I teach it because of the corporate world shares its values and its mission statement and how we value our employees and all this. And these companies can be among the most heinous bunch of horrible places to work, um, in the world. Yeah. And, yeah, they have these wonderful values on paper, but they don't do them, you know. So yeah. it's the old it's the old story, you know, you gotta walk your talk. And uh, and that's that's straight up from the Stoics. And if you have values and if you have values then and you live them, then you have virtue. And if you have virtue yeah. then you have happiness from their and perspective. I, yeah, great point. And I think furthermore their view was that talk doesn't matter at all. There's no point in even talking about your values, except maybe to figure out what they are, debate philosophically yeah. between them. But they they weren't going around announcing to other people because it didn't matter. And I think that's something that people are drawn to these days because so many people talk, talk, talk. I mean, we're sitting here oh, talking, yeah. you know, we, we can be part of that list of people who talk about what they do. Um, and I think the good thing is we actually do do what we talk about, but a lot of <laughs> people do do. don't. Um, and that's what feels very fake to and you, you hear things there. like somebody saying like, look, Daniel, I'm not going to lie. You know, the way this goes is A, B, C, D, E, F. Oh, you're not going to lie this time. Well, okay. <laughs> what is, what is that? <laughs> In other words, if you don't say that preceding every other statement, then what am I thinking? <laughs> oh, now you're lying. Okay. So, all right. Well, we've yeah, gotten way off of our matrix here. Um, I think we have a bit. We have a bit. But honestly, not really far off of our mission, because ultimately our mission is about happiness, I think. Oh, um, absolutely. That financial independence is what gives you 
the ability to pursue the life you want to pursue, uh, to follow, you know, your Dharma, follow your dream, um, which obviously has a substantial impact on one's happiness. And more and more, I think in this world, we're seeing people rejecting the notion that, it, that it's a good life to just make a living. Yeah, exactly. And that that's, that's sufficient. Um, and we can, if that's true, we can forgive our forefathers coming out of World War II thinking, you know, it's a good life just to make a living because they've come from something so much more horrible than that. But at the end of the day, you know, there's a lot of rejection of that idea that, you know, just mm-hmm. having a job selling Coca-Cola or something isn't enough. It's not sufficient that we want to matter. And, you know, and I think that notion that we want to matter brings us right back into the concepts we teach. If you can, if you can, if you can get yourself to a point where you're financially independent enough, where you can do what you think you should be doing, then I think it's very likely you're going to matter. And yeah. I mean more than matter to your children and your wife, you know, I mean, or your husband. Uh, yeah. And maybe that's why we all get married and have kids because we want to matter. And that's the only place where we matter. But it's a only- reason. It's a reason to make this education matter. I had zero interest in financial world, period, stock market, whatever, because I felt like it didn't matter. It was just money. Right. And money is important, but it didn't really matter to me. And when I connected it to my values, being able to put money in companies that are doing things I want to support, literally, then it mattered. And then like the money is a hugely important part of it that also matters mm-hmm. to the future. Mm-hmm. But in the day to day, you know, am I going to make time for this kind of way? I need to feel that it matters in a bigger way than just for me and that's really what got me into it so I think it's hugely important to people who are not naturally into the numbers or finance which is a heck of a lot of people who are like me (laughs) oh the vast vast majority absolutely you know we've we've taught thousands and thousands of people how to do this but The truth is 50 million people need to do this just in America alone. And, you know, we haven't, we're not even a drop in that bucket. That's true. Um, because of the the reticence for most people to, to think they could even do this. Yeah, you which know? is which is totally understandable. Okay, so, so we we're like way invested, off. So that you know. You go you read you Invested. That's why I right wrote on. the book, literally, because there was not another book for me to pick up that spoke well, to com- me. Coming back then to the to the right side of the matrix. Yeah, but I have We've a bunch of questions side. about that. So I think we need oh, to get into it next side. time. Uh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Well, we basically are at, at the sweet spot on the upper left and at the intrigued or intriguing, for lack of a better term, mm-hmm. box on the mm-hmm. lower left. Mm-hmm. Um, and we know the upper right is watch list. That's wish where the list, price is too yeah, high. Wish but, list, watch but list, yeah. You can understand them. And we know that bottom right is mm-hmm. a no. Yeah, but... We got better things to do. That's the one that we ended on last time, and that's the one that we're going to end on again this time because I have questions about that. <laughs> oh, all right. Then we'll get back to the no's. Exactly. Which look like nothing more to see here, 
move exactly. on. Exactly. But exactly. maybe not. Okay. Well, let's talk about that. Okay. See Thanks, you next everybody. Time. Bye. Time to go play. Hi guys, thanks for listening to Invested. If you enjoyed this episode and you want more information or to listen to additional episodes, visit our website at investedpodcast.com and sign up for my virtual workshop right there. Spots are definitely limited for this event. I'm not kidding, they really are. They sell out very quickly. So everything discussed on this podcast, by the way, is either my opinion or it's Danielle's opinion. And it's really important, it's not to be taken as investing advice because I am not your financial advisor nor have I considered your personal situation as your fiduciary. So remember that. You're on your own here. This podcast is for your entertainment and education only, and I really hope you enjoyed it.